This week on Prequel Sequel Remake. Um, excuse me, do you even know who my dad is? <laughs> Just gotta get to the cockpit. Actually, in naval terms, it's a bridge. Fine. Fine. Uh, gotta get to the bridge. I got it! I've got the cabin fever! Don't miss Prequel Sequel Remake. Some movies shouldn't exist. Let's pretend they do. I'm Peter Hunter. I'm Desmond Ports. And I'm Scott Hanchu. And welcome once again to Prequel Sequel Remake, where hope you started off your new year with a heart full of love. Aww. And an ear full of Prequel Sequel Remake. Oh, I see what you did there. And yeah. I, you know, today was a very special episode because this is um, one full year of the podcast. <gasps> yeah, I know. One full year of a bunch of stories that you never thought... You needed, no. but you did. And you needed them bad. You were jonesing, baby. <laughs> ready for the action. You know, ready for the explosions. Lots of explosions. Oh. Too many explosions, some would argue. Some I would argue. I wouldn't be one of them. No. No. Because they actually are the only thing that kind of propels it forward. Yeah. In an explosive way. Just excuse for me to put those sound effects. In there. So if Not you fair. had any inclination, we were winding down. Well, you got another thing coming because we're oh. just getting started. We're oh. the cockroaches of the internet. Yeah, we will. We will outlive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. dude, that actually sounds like a pretty good uh, fucking cartoon series. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. yeah just, oh, We yeah. just scuttle around in the web, and uh, we're gonna take down the the dark web criminals. Yeah. Uh, to so uh, to yeah. celebrate one year. Put um, that on the back burner. But yes. Yes. Go ahead. To celebrate one year. Um. As Longtime fans will remember uh, we started the whole podcast series off with Face Off, uh, so we're picking another Nick Cage classic for uh, season three here to start off uh, 2019. It is Con Air. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we kind of we kind of continue that tradition with The Rock, I would say. Yeah, that's kind two. of like our halfway point. But yeah. um, Con Air, 1997, directed by Simon West. Synopsis. The writer of Kangaroo Jack presents an Oscar-nominated tale of suffering and reckless destruction of property. Fun! Cameron Poe, Nicolas Cage, is an army ranger returning from his tour of duty to visit his six-month pregnant wife, Monica Potter, when three men accost him for reasons of being needless fucking sleazebags, despite A. Not instigating any violence, B. Being outnumbered, and C. One of those assholes having a goddamn switchblade, Poe is sent to prison for accidentally killing one of them in the ensuing brawl. Fun! After spending nearly a decade growing a terrible mullet in an even worse accent, Cameron is released on parole, only to be, for no reason, transferred on a plane full of the world's most dangerous criminals, including Garland Green, Steve Buscemi, Diamond Dog, Ving Rames, and Cyrus, the virus, John Malkovich. The convicts take over the plane, and a bunch of stupid-ass action set pieces take place. It's honestly goddamn impossible to summarize this movie in one paragraph, there's like 30 characters and 40 plots. Jean Cusack plays an air marshal. They throw Dave Chappelle out of a goddamn plane. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> uh, very, very astute summary uh, the, the, there. The, 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 we, we got it. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, um, Con Air. Um, actually, very successful action movie in the 90s. It's very 90s film. Sure, I, sure it, is. It feels yeah. like uh, my girlfriend Nicole described me the other day as like someone just took a scrabble of like pieces of all the other 90s action movies and just mishmashed them together and you just kind of got Con Air. It's of that speed, diehard sense of this is a guy, you know, who's in bed or, or you know, behind enemy lines with the enemy and he's going to save the day from the inside out. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, kind of the rock as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, um, it's, it, it's that mold, but it's on a plane. 
Um, Nick Cage manages to play the only likable character in the movie besides, you know, the like kind of pallid, milk toast non-characters that they have in there. Uh, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I don't like John Cusack. I've never liked John Cusack. He, that you could use the little lasso tool on him in this movie and just fucking put him in any other movie he's ever starred in and you wouldn't notice. <laughs> wow. Um, um, I really liked High Fidelity, but um, you know, that's one movie he's been in a lot. A lot of <laughs> a lot in quite a few. Uh, um, um, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I was interrupting. No, 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 no. I mean, I just, just natural little overview here. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and just like lots of movies from the <laughs> '90s, it's got some elements in it that uh, didn't really age very well. Or no. Very noticeable this time around. Mo- noticeably, the uh, well, a lot of the racism, quite a bit of that in the dialogue and. Pretty apparent. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought going in. I thought like this movie be a lot like more yeah. tasteless than yeah. than than. Uh, 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 but yeah, it's uh, uh and and the overall the, you know there's one character um, Johnny Twenty Three. Oh yeah, played by the lovely Danny Trejo. Yeah, who is a, not lovely in this movie. A tattoo for every uh every, every woman he's raped, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's it's very interesting because Danny Trejo is almost like a family like yeah. actor now. Yeah, right. Uh, um, he got a lot of roles of him just you know, kind of sleezing around before he kind of brought it all home. Yeah, he before he got to celebrated actor. Stars the fun uncle and spy kids. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yes, it's it's a nineties movie about uh, uh, convicts. It's problematic to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, just, like, to start with general, like, uh, like, like we said in the opening, it's really hard to summarize the whole plot of this movie, because it's super goddamn convoluted, and there's a bunch of characters, a lot of them don't even matter, totally inconsequential, so, like, if, if you haven't seen Con Air, go watch it, it's a thing to watch, like, you'll enjoy the experience, I don't know, but then come back to the podcast here, so we don't have to comb over this with a fine-tooth yeah. brush. Sure, sure. Um, so, like, just... General gripe number one, um, as Desmond said, uh, Nick Cage is coming back from his tour of duty as an army ranger. His six-month pregnant wife is waiting for him, which, by the way, her stomach is flat. Yeah. Like, literally, like, my girlfriend and I, when we, we watched her, we're like, how pregnant is she in this? And then we find out she was six months pregnant in, like, the courtroom scene. He's like, are you are you kidding me? But anyways, like, these, like, <laughs> the courtroom scene. <laughs> yeah. They- you gotta take that deal. You gotta, you gotta take the plea. It's like... The worst fucking attorney. Yeah, no, seriously. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you okay. Definitely have argued self-defense there for sure. No, no, exactly. Like he gets accosted by three dudes. They provoke all of it. There's an eyewitness. A dude pulls a knife on him, and he accidentally kills him. And he is sent to jail. Which, like that, like number one, he's an army veteran. Number two, defending honor of pregnant wife. Number three, eyewitness. Number four, outnumbered. Number five, one of them was armed. Number six, I'm gonna just say it. This was in the South. No way. Zero percent chance Nick Cage is going to jail for accidentally <laughs> killing this drunken dude who was like... You're, you're right. Pull the switchblade on him. I will say my girlfriend My girlfriend pointed out, I think after so many years of training, uh, I think your hands become like a, a, a lethal weapon, or consider a lethal weapon. But I don't think Technically, army... You can't, you can't, no, you can't really get... 
you're not like uh, that doesn't exempt you from the same self-defense things. Yeah, it because a, okay. because a gun is a lethal weapon, and you can kill people with that. They go over that. In self-defense, perfectly it, fine. If you look at the IMDb and the goofs section for this, oh. which is incredibly long. <laughs> I mean, I was like scrolling. I'm like, is this is this gonna be done soon? It's like, oh, I barely even started. But the amount of like continuity errors and like things, like, errors with like, errors, like no, that it wouldn't happen like that. Yeah, no way that would happen. And okay, hey, fair enough. What? <laughs> Second point: Why is he even on the plane? Why? Why is would they? Just, like, <laughs> why? Like that's another thing. Like I'm sorry. Like they transported the Unabomber by himself from place to place. Like why would they put the like? Why would they put Hannibal Lecter and like the Unabomber and then like this like Black Panther like like militant black person I guess like which is a weird thing to throw Actually, in this suit uh, he wasn't from the black panthers according to the movie <laughs> yes. it's from the black gorillas yes is, yeah pretty bad uh, yeah. yeah what did you think uh, Desmond what did you think of fucking Nick Cage's performance in this thing oh um it was, it was Nick Cage in Nick Cage in a movie uh he did an accent this time it was crap um, but it's Nick Cage, so he's, he, he looked he looked he looked good. Uh, he was the, probably the most fit I've ever seen him. Um, um, yeah, he's kind of just the everyman good guy. It's nothing new that we haven't seen. I will say, I will say, this movie, all that backstory stuff with him in court and the whole assault, it didn't need it. No. No, it did not. <laughs> the movie could have just started on the fucking plane It already. could have. Just started uh, in the air, or like in the airfield. But like, then whatever. we wouldn't have gotten that sweet opening sequence with the song. Oh, yeah. How do I live without you? Oscar nominated <laughs> Oscar song, nominated. The um, They're also nominated for sound. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, personal story about that song. There have been multiple occasions where Scott and I have watched Con Air together maybe like 10 times at this point. There's been more than one occasion where one of us has fallen asleep and then during the movie, because you can, if you see the movie, you'll understand why one might fall asleep during the movie. Uh, but then we've woken up singing the song <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the song comes on. Yeah, oh wait, actually, and I noticed something in the in the Queen's waiting outside the courtroom. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you realize he's like he's dressed like Forrest Gump? Is he dressed like Forrest <laughs> he's Gump? Sing, like oh my Forrest Gump. I'll yeah. have to look at I, that. I'm again. pretty sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. a choice. That was like an. Intentional I think it was a choice. choice. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Let's move on to Malkovich. Oh my god. John, I want to oh talk boy. a little bit. John yeah. fucking Malkovich. Yeah, yeah man. I, I like a lot of stuff he's in. I really do. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good actor, but he is the most caustic. Uh, 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 uninviting actor probably on the planet. He seems like a very mean man. Yeah, he's going like, he goes 150 goddamn percent all the time and it doesn't matter. Him and, and he's going all the way. The man with the iron mask where like he's not even doing an accent. Like he's one of the fucking... Uh, uh, one of my friends point actually our mutual our mutual friend Charles point out to me it's like he's he everyone's a, a three musket he's a three musketeer he's like Arthos or something uh, uh, right it's uh, not even doing a, uh, an accent he's oh, just wow. uh, John Malkovich okay Raul believed in the king something about like <laughs> his, the way he looks and like the orange jumpsuit this movie just reminds me of that yellow guy from Sin City yellow oh, bastard my God, yeah yellow bastard. he's just yeah, like oh, he's probably you know same ilk yeah. you know. Yeah, jeez. I, I will say, um, um, I, I think he almost he's he's almost kind of great. Yeah, because he's <laughs> he's a really good actor. John Malkovich is a really good actor. He might be like 
impossible to deal with, but he's still when they when they, when they introduce him as he's like walking out, they basically set him up to be like, "This is the ultimate crazy bad guy killing guy of all time," and look at him—he's the perfect product of the system. And you know, it's the like weird. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, so I felt like a, a Saturday morning cartoon, like like the collector's cards of yeah. Con Air that you like 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 the copy for the collector's cards. <laughs> is that cool? I got a Cyrus the virus, and it's shiny. And it's like for a guy who like commits so many crimes and is such a heinous villain seeming guy it's like and he also got his juris doctorate on the inside it's like why studying law like <laughs> why it doesn't seem like you give a fuck about the law what the fuck is that about oh man um yeah like they i think they were just the screen this was the man who wrote uh kangaroo jack so i feel like he was just grasping at words you know, just to put them in. I feel like in general, the movie has a problem where all the lines are just a little too wordy to be like quippy. Like yeah. especially John Malkovich's lines. It's like a weird, awkward medium between being quippy and being like overly like verbose and like being like evil villains. Very articulate. Yeah. Like, but like to the point that like no, like he, the writer did not read the lines before like submitting the final draft of the script. It's just like John Malkovich like, what am I supposed to do with this line? Never have been sadder when an agent loses bladder on the airplane. Yeah. Like, hey, you just sing it. You just sing in that line. Like, why? Is why with my character? Is that a reference to something? No, no that's a no. fucking line. From the movie. No, I know, I know, I know. It's a line in the movie, but I assumed it was just like a, a thing. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not just like a thing. Th- All right, they did. All yeah. right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's some real choice choice lines where it's like. This only works on paper, um, like where the guy, towards the end of the movie, spoiler alert, the movie ends, um, <gasps> um, but towards the end of the movie, like the guy's reaching out to him, he's like, Cy, because his name is Cyrus, he's like, Cy, and then, and then Cyrus uh, responds, Anara. And it's oh just yeah, Sai uh, Anara. It's like that would only work on paper. How would you know? <laughs> you just cut him out. You know that you. What if he said Cyrus and you just said Anara? You know what I mean? Like you had to cut him off in the middle of the sentence. Like yeah, or he had to know that his sentence was over. You know, uh, it just. Just, yeah, you know, nitpicking, sure, you know. Uh, no, no, maybe no, a little bit. Not, I mean, yeah. that's, 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 you're getting a little nitpicky sometimes. It's no big deal. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here to, to do. <laughs> it's I fine, just don't, I, I, I think I think of uh, uh, John Malkovich as a man of culture and playing an aristocrat. Yeah. You know, I don't think of him as playing skinheadish. Yeah. She's not really, no. but no, it's no. weird is like a, a lot of the other characters and the guards or things are actually the end up having the more racist lines. John Malkovich seems to be pulling it all together, but then it's like there's the scene where Nicolas Cage uh uh Cameron Poe uh yeah. is talking with Diamond Dog and they're getting the, the they're getting the um the guns out of the undercarriage of the plane. Yeah, yeah. And like Cameron Poe gets Diamond Dog to like sort of reveal his plan that he's like he's not really with uh, uh, Cyrus. Cyrus the Virus Grissom. You mean uh, one of the many fucking plots in this movie? Uh, yeah, Under, yeah. Right. It's like wait a minute, like you're just gonna like reveal your plot? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. I'm gonna, tr- like, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't once trust we get this white there, boy, but I'm, I'll, I'm gonna reveal this to you. Other white, other boy, white boy, like, yeah. more southern, <laughs> mother, more, more racist, virtuous <laughs> semen do-gooder with the mullet, bat, oh you know. Uh, when, when, when the scene when he like first walks out and he's oh about to get on the God. plane and he's just like, 
Nick Cage is like just basking in the sun, and the, the, the fucking mullet is like getting Listening, blown around yeah. behind him it looks by like some a man. It, it does. Looks look like, he looks like fucking like one of the like, like Simba or something. Yeah, like adult Simba. It's and far like, too much. I'm gonna say it is like if it was like half an inch further back, it would be a skullet. It's like barely. Um, it's like Nick Cage doesn't have a bad hairline. Yeah. Whoever messed up this wig messed it up he real a bad. Real, real lot. It's just, it's just be receding since he was you know 30, and it's fine. Um, yeah. But 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 he has a very bad. History with hair in movies, yes. like like, or at the makeup department or hair department has a bad history with doing him <laughs> up in their job. movies. They so many poor choices. It, uh, his hair in fucking Ghost Rider, oh. is like fucking Julius Caesar thing they got going on. It's bad, uh, but but yeah. you brought that the getting the guns. It brings us to the the boneyard. Oh yeah, which which to me it's like we haven't spent enough fucking money. Yeah, <laughs> how can we spend more money on this movie? Let's let's have this. Let's have another action scene. Yeah, where they, they take a like, pit stop. Yeah, when they pit stop with the other criminals in, in yeah. Mexico. No, well, they, they, I, they had to pick up the other criminals at that one. And Carson, because apparently they were going to have um, a, the the drug lord. Okay, so we should get into the the whole plot of the movie is that Cyrus is hijacking the plane to meet up with this drug lord's like brother or nephew, I don't know, and take him to this airfield so like a jet from Cuba will come and take them all to Cuba where yes. they can't be extradited. But like, so they're meeting at this like post-apocalyptic looking like like something out of Fallout. Like there's no civilization around. There's just piles right. and piles of dead Scrap. vehicles and like abandoned gas stations and diners and stuff. But my point is, they've already they already landed to pick up those other prisoners. Yeah, yeah. It's like you've already landed the plane once. Just oh, from right, a Movie right. runtime and expense standpoint, it's like. You shouldn't have had him even fucking land again. Like, that no. could have been the goal to get there, but they should have just, you know, they should have been shot down or whatever, and, like, you know, then you yeah, have the Vegas Exactly. Thing. Where were the jets scrambled, okay? You got, like, a, a hijacked plane loose around the... This American airspace? Are you kidding me? They wouldn't just immediately... Well, oh, my God. No, no, there's that, there's that part where the plane is coming, crashing down. It's going to crash into the Las Vegas Strip, killing probably thousands and thousands of people and causing billions of dollars of damage. And they're outside, like, the city for, like, 100 miles and John Cusack's character won't let them shoot down the plane and Cole Meany's character is like no shoot down the plane the plane would be shot down yeah, it would no not one, be in the hands no of John one, Cusack no one would care I'm sorry like oh no like they killed like I like the the guard signed no hostage waivers like they like they were gonna kill like thousands and thousands of people and like they're all like horrible convicted criminals for the most part like no one would bat an eye at that I I'm did. not trying to justify an end of human life but in America that plane would have been shot down for sure Col- yeah. Colm fucking meanie yeah. actually I wanted to bring one thing up about John Cusack is he wearing fucking Tevas what the what the hell is that it's like like, like oh like, the, the sandals yeah I didn't I didn't notice. rewind they, they I should have rewound the, I he made notice. a jo- the hey, Colm meanie made a joke about um, he's probably recycling his sandals <laughs> okay he probably was wearing Tevas okay yeah. listeners <laughs> if, if, you, if you know uh, you know less Right, right into us, and, yeah, right into us, or watch the movie with a close eye, and see yeah, because I'm just, not. You know, um, we're not gonna go back right after we do the episode. But yeah. if, as if the boneyard, which is just a big showdown in this uh, in in this scrapyard with explosions galore and sparks, and it's just well, they, 90s as fuck. There's also this whole extended uh, uh, helicopter chase sequence, yeah, where where 
you're just spending even more money CGIing John Cusack and Cole Meany into into these fucking planes. It looks horrible. It does look horrible. <laughs> it, doesn't, it looks it doesn't look good. terrible. You know, no, you know what no. it should, you know what it should have been? It should have been them at a radio and then just two pilots flying there and they're just You could use stock footage. Yeah, or you could use stock footage. The point is they didn't need to do that stupid crap. Her, yeah, Cole Meany. Before we leave the boneyard, one 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 more thing. <laughs> okay, there. you have, you have <laughs> one more bone to pick. I, I'm I, I, oh. Thank you, Peter. I do. Um, <laughs> if there's one thing this movie has is incompetent reactions from officials and police forces and, and you know, all of oh, the, the armies and things like that. In the boneyard, the the uh, uh, the police just walk directly into this funnel, dead-end track. Slowly. Slowly. Very, very and then, slowly. And, and then they get ambushed, and it's like... That is not how that would work. They would come in from the outside yeah. and in perimeter Multiple in. Multiple angles. And, and, come on. Like, you think that wouldn't have been shut down? It would have been shut down. <laughs> yeah. Even in 1997. Yeah, like, come yeah. on. No, that would, yeah. Hey, yeah. what's that? That's a rock. But I guess, you know, it kind of, like, you know, defeats the purpose. It's really, you know, it is an action movie. You know, you can kind of give it a little bit of leeway and, like, okay, well, you're just trying to show me this. Rock'em, sock'em, explodey good time. Very yeah. uninteresting action, actually. No. I should have gone just full thriller and not really worried about, like, explosions as much. Yeah. Um, and all the plots. All yeah. oh. these fucking plots. There's, like, there's so... Okay, there's the diabetes. Let's go oh, no, through it. There's yeah. the diabetes subplot. Fucking, oh, my God. That was that was horrible. Like, there's poor, <laughs> poor friggin' Bubba Blue from Forrest Gump, like, has to, like, spend the whole movie dying and screaming about his insulin. I, like, like, Desmond, like, as a person of color, how do you feel about this black man basically being here to be a moral like mirror for Nick Cage and scream about his insulin for I an hour. Know, I don't know, man. I I don't have an opinion either way. It's you could you could take it for. I, I think the only thing about that character is just it's just a bad character. Yeah, yeah. that's it's what's not very interesting part art. to me. Yeah. No. it's just like oh yeah, you could. It's like ah, I just need my insulin, Cameron. You and then, give me the and then, then the second he gets his insulin, he gets shot in the chest. Like so, he spends the whole uh, movie I hate, dying. I hate arcs like that. It's like. What the, uh, uh, what the hell? Oh, talk about the lady guard. The oh. vision in Infinity War. It's kind of like oh, the yeah. same thing. He's just dying the whole yeah. fucking movie. Uh, the yeah. lady guard, I just want to say that she's basically oh, not even no. a character. No. It's just there to be an object for Danny Trejo to throw like the worst awful harassment at, which is Ugh. like, ah. I don't like that. I really don't. No. You know, the, I didn't like it. The ra- I, the, the, I, I hate I hate to sound sensitive. The racial stuff I'd expect from a movie like this. Yeah. It's just. Sure. Yeah. It's I, not, and it's I, th- I feel like, honestly, yeah. like the rape stuff just instantly makes it not a fun time. Oh, no. It sucks uh, the air uh, right uh, out of it, it really, It really isn't. It's, it's the least funny thing. You no, can do no. in a movie yeah. that in a movie that's tiptoeing the line between like comedy action, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want me have Dave Chappelle cracking jokes when you have this character that's just like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. a, like like a fucking like like pet in a cage. Just like yeah, I'm gonna get to you soon, baby. It's yeah, just and like, fucking what, terrible. And like, what's the point of having that character when like the big villain is like you suck? Like he like is like. I don't. I don't understand. Like, he's like also completely superfluous. Like that. The Lady Guard character is unnecessary. Um, Johnny Twenty Three is totally unnecessary. 
I would like to talk about who is perhaps the most unnecessary and confusing character in the whole movie, and that is Garland Green. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Oh, man. Please, thank you. Yeah, thank no. You, yes. Oh, we're going to talk about yeah. this. Like, because, like, okay, so, like, set it up. Like, who is Garland Green, he's, Scott? He's, like, a notorious, uh, he's, like, the, what, uh, Marinetti mutilator, smasher, slasher, something. Anyway. Ashlinging slasher. <laughs> I, like, I should have like, looked up exactly what his crimes are in the I don't think they explicitly, him. I don't think they say no. Uh, he killed. He, I'm, killed, I'm not saying he, he like mutilated try. and killed a lot of people. He wore a lady's head as a sure. hat when he drove across like six states or something. Like he's he's like Hannibal Lecter meets Ted Bundy meets like Ed Gein, like all okay. in one. They write him in like the most sensitive light of anybody in the whole movie, and it's like, why a, am I? What the fuck? <laughs> why am I empathizing with this guy? He's supposed to be the worst. He has a redemption arc. He his whole arc is a redemption <laughs> arc, and it's like he's some he cut off a woman's head and wore it as a hat and drove. Across six states, he gets away. Why am I? Re- he gets away. Yeah, like the-, the movie ends with a <laughs> lighthearted joke about this convicted serial murderer uh. playing craps, and it's like, ha ha, baby. Oh, and then they yay? cut to the Fade sweet to home Alabama, which they previously <laughs> mentioned in like a. It's like a really awkward mention of like the plane crash that ended the, the band, and it's like, oh. <laughs> That was a sad thing to bring. Why? And then they play it at the end. It's like, you sick bastard. Why did you play the song at the end? Because they paid uh, for it once and it's expensive. Yes, you're right. It, I'm sure it's one uh, more expensive uh, song. The irony is yeah. it's beyond them. It's uh, like, you're like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Fuck off. Like, he, like, literally. I'm just really quiet. And occasionally will say something pensive. That character like, has no meaningful interactions with any of the main characters in the nope. body. He adds nothing to the plot except runtime. Like, he, does, he doesn't do anything. He, like, makes so. I will say. There is one really funny part of Con Air, and it's probably the funniest part. Like, um, they've, like, it's just all gone to hell, and, like, completely out of Cameron's control. They're in the plane, he's talking to his friend, he's like, there's all these weirdos and nuts and everything, and it's, oh, God, what is today? And then the camera slowly pans, and then, like, Garland Green is just there kind of looking at him, and he's like, hey, Garland. <laughs> That's actually super funny. Yeah, Thank it's like for, the, for yeah, it's like the only like really funny moment in the movie. But it's like, but that also was it was completely unnecessary. What he doesn't do anything. I wish he went full cage because he's like he, oh he I keeps wish his, he went like, full cage. Even even by the end of the Rock, I feel uh, hor- uh, uh, Stanley Goodspeed is kind of like losing his shit. He's, yeah, he's kind, of, he's kind of nutting up and going full cage. But uh, yeah, nah, check out the Rock. No, episode, he kept by it pretty subdued. He was like a more subdued version of. Um, his character in Wild at Heart, where it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. But that's also the David Lynch movie, so well, <laughs> yes. another, another, well yeah. yeah. Another <laughs> good joke uh, when he's got the bunny, uh, they move and the bunny yeah, gets stop it. Stop or the bunny gets and, and it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just funny, comedy, yeah. cartoony shit. I, yeah, I mean, uh, it's something that stands out to you from the movie. It's probably something they just wrote in there to be like, yeah, maybe this will be like uh, something we throw in the preview or something. You, yeah. it's like a little, it, little gag line. And your gut reaction, you see Dave Chappelle is like, oh great, Dave Chappelle, it's an old movie. This is probably gonna be funny. <laughs> And then, then he's instantly just making slurs on the fucking oh. Native American characters. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Like they uh, don't make that's it, uh, fucking awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. don't make it okay just because uh, Dave Chappelle's black. No, uh, no, up. it does not. Uh, awful burns the fucking poor guy. Yeah. That being said, he lives gets his in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinball yeah. Parker. Yeah. Pinball. Yeah. Pinball. 
Pinball. He ends up getting a fucking message written out of him, and they dumped his dead body <laughs> out of the fucking window. It lands on uh, Scully's dad's car from yeah. the X Files. Hey, that's oh, like, that's that guy an, just shows yeah. up in every movie. Like, yeah. oh, hey, it's him again. I see Dave Chappelle. That's probably the most memorable thing, other than the landing of the plane on the Vegas Strip. He, and yeah. he improved most of his lines. Oh, oh hell yeah! That's, so it's kind of like, yeah, we see Dave Chappelle you. in here just yeah. punch it up. You know what yeah. I mean? Just punch it up. You know what? You know he's, what I mean? You know, <laughs> yeah, he's funny. Yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Same guy it's from the from the guy who brought you Coyote Ugly and a billion other uh, Batman, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, Kangaroo Jack, tons of Kangaroo Jack is really fucking bad. Yes, he's produced <laughs> by Jerry Brockheimer. It's right on the poster. It's in it's big letters. It's on me why that exists, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've 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 gone through it. Yeah, and so uh, Scott, would you recommend The Rock? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Peter. The Rock, definitely. <laughs> I would, I would recommend The Rock. Okay, the but, Rock is badass. But rock that... has explosions and chemical weapons. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, in terms Con of Air. Con Air, you know, despite its problems, I I would because you know it's it's still fun. It's it's over the top and it's ridiculous and there's. It's kind of what you get. What you it's, you get what you expected out of it, albeit it is very long and really relatively poorly written, and also yeah. very expensive. I just want to drive <laughs> that home <laughs> how how more expensive this movie is than it needed to be. At oh all. yeah, fuck yeah. No, um, it, it cost like over a hundred million dollars, I think. Yeah, obscene. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say though, I have a similar stance as Scott. Um, sure, check it out. It, 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 it's. It's it's worth watching, yeah. uh, um, but but there's really a lot of better things like it from the years around it too. Watch Speed or The Rock. Yeah, watch Speed. <laughs> watch, Either of those. Watch The Rock. Uh, hell, watch Face Off. Face Off is a way better movie uh, than this movie. Yes, I it, don't think so. Ooh. I don't. I, oh, there, I think Face Off oh, is that really fucking bad. Yes, yeah, really, it's really bad. Dude, go back Con to my. Is really bad. Uh, I remember what I said about Face Off in our first episode. It's like I didn't really like Face Off. It's way too fucking long. It is too long. Yeah. Really yeah. fucking bad. But here's the know. thing: is I'll, I'll put on either of those movies while we're we're just like hanging out or something. When you sit down to watch it for like its value as a movie, they don't come across very yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's true. I can have it on in the background and just occasionally be like, "Oh, look, there's Nick Cage." Uh, that was kind of funny. Right, right. Uh, anything other than that, it's like, no, nah, they're not, not that no. fucking good. Don't no. sit down and just, like, just yourself to watch it. I, unless I you want you. to. Yes. I feel you you're right, to. but you realize how poor of a review of a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's I'm a very saying, good movie. You can't just watch this movie. <laughs> In fact, I, I would say... You have and, to passively absorb it while you're doing other activities. <laughs> I, I would say that this movie maybe gets... A little too much praise. Yes. Now. yes, I think so. Oh my god! It almost god, has, yes. like you still see it around and no. video stars, and still like, eh, well rated. No, you Siskel know and Ebert. Eh. No, you know what's crazy? Yeah, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. It was really well fuck? reviewed. I know. I was like, no, no, goddamn way. But Peter, I read it. It exists. This summer, we get ready for knockabout humor because money talks. Uh But Peter, would you uh, uh, would you recommend Con Air? Um, like I. I, I'll, I'll say this. Con Air is not a good movie. Every time I've watched it, I've enjoyed the experience of watching it, but it is objectively not a good movie. It's like one of those movies. It's, it's not quite a so bad it's good movie, but it has like those perplexing qualities that like keep you kind of interested, even mm -hmm. though what you're watching is not Objectively, not good. I am. I am. I would even say, just go watch the trailer. Um, oh yeah, yeah, just watch I, the trailer. I, 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 I really actually have a love of the way '90s trailers mm -hmm. are structured. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Cage, John Malkovich, 
Con Air. And they're, and and they're all using the it's, yeah. They're all yeah. using the same music, the too. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh, the face-off one's the fucking same, too. And they're, yeah. they're great. They get you hyped. They make these movies seem like they're going to be way better than they are, <laughs> which uh, that's used to be kind of what trailers for, were for, and now they're, yeah. they're used to make your movie look unpleasant as possible. <laughs> so... Yeah, or they just tell you the entire plot of the movie in the theatrical trailer. Oh my god! Ah, you could have stopped at like thirty seconds. (laughs) No, Desmond and I are looking at each other because there's this goddamn trailer before Into the Spider Verse. Oh wait, about this dog movie, and they literally go through every beat of this horrible, like Hallmark quality movie. Like dog movie, and it's like a two minute trailer, and it's so goddamn bad. Oh man, I hope I didn't see that trailer. Uh, oh, you did about another I trailer. Think, I think it was, it was written by the same do- guy who wrote the movie A Dog's Purpose, or the book A Dog's Purpose is based on, which is like about the dog who keeps dying and coming back as different dogs. You probably saw, but it also means trailers. you have to see a dog die like five times in a movie. Trailers yeah. at my theater are like three months behind, like oh. they're so delayed. Yeah, I saw the I'm sorry, side check. Sorry, did I break your concentration? But I saw a trailer for this fucking movie with, like, uh, uh, Will Smith. It's, like, a CGI animated spy movie. It's, like, oh, cool. They're doing, like, a Kitty Bond thing with Will Smith. And then it's, like, the big turn in the trailer. is like, oh, but what if the agent got turned into a pigeon? Uh. Why? Oh. I was interested. For, uh, and, and it's, like, it's like, he's got to learn to work together with some kid and turn back into a secret agent. But now he's going to be a pigeon. This is a real this is a thing. real fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, apparently. Oh, boy. I just right. It's like, oh, we're, this, we had a cool idea, but we're not going to do that. No. Uh, we're we're, we're making, not going to do it's that. Gonna be, it's going to be, he's going to turn into a pigeon. Hey, yeah. you guys, uh, you know, any big time producers out there listening, you know, we're available. Yeah, yes. we, we can write movies dumber than that. We can we write promise. them dumber and better. <laughs> we definitely should. Uh, just I, saying, we're about to do that. Yeah, actually. exactly. So um, get ready yeah, so, yeah. Um, for these messages. And speaking of messages, um, <laughs> I'm just going to do the short version here. Um, PrequelSequelRemake.com, hit that support link right there. Um, it takes you right to Amazon. Anything you buy, we get a small percentage back. It doesn't keep a, uh, cost a lot to keep the podcast running, but it does cost something, and every little bit helps. So, like, if you're enjoying what you're listening to and, you know, you want us to keep doing it, um, if you could take the extra second and do that, that, that would mean a lot to us. Um, we've had some people buy some Christmas gifts and the such using that link. Very nice. You could be a fucking pig like me and just, you know, buy yourself shit. That's true. Buy yourself a little present. Yeah. Buy Desi a present. You know, that's sometimes one of the best presents are the ones that you give yourself. Yeah. Yeah, present to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Present to the pa- from the past to the future. It's all the time related. It's basically what we're saying. We appreciate all your support. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I will say that when they uh, when they get to the boneyard, that, that is when the movie starts being a lot less interesting to me, and is where it's like, ah, he's tacked on another hour here. I can already feel it. Um, yeah, dude. All right. Um, I genuinely don't remember uh, who had prequel this week. I do. Oh, great. And you are? I am from the future. <laughs> And uh, oh, your future, Scott. Well, I'm here now. Oh, so your present, Scott. Well, it's. I hear it's 2019. I'm not sure, but yeah, you that's know. true. Um, according to science fiction, everything has changed. Um, really? Blade Runner set in 2019. Uh, Running Man 
set in 2019. Really? Um, there's that one game for the NES, which was set in 20XX, which could be any year. Do you think that's why the ball didn't drop? Because they were afraid of it officially being 2019. They want to keep us keep us back another year. Nah, I'm, I'm just assuming that's really old technology. And oh, okay. Never updated it. Um, but anyways, it was raining, too. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, so, Scott, um, take us through this prequel for Conair. I'm actually interested to see where from where Conair was born. Well, we're about to find out. Yeah. <clears throat> Title, Cyrus, Rise of the Virus. Tagline, Devise the Virus. Ugh. Tagline two, This summer, the virus gets out. <laughs> Tagline three, He's killed more men than cancer, and he's only just begun. Oh my god, that is a line they say. Yeah. <laughs> If it was only the first part, he's killed more men than cancer. It's like, he's killed millions? It's like, yeah, no way. <laughs> it's like, I, like we get it, you're exaggerating, but come on. Come on. Come on, just, there's a number. He's probably killed like 50 people. <clears throat> like, no. Directed by Smuckers. Oh, my God. I'm really excited now. <laughs> Why? Yeah, n- the, the jelly maker? Smuckers. Smuckers. Shitty, like... Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, no, I'll stra- All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever this is going to be. A in sandwich, ni- maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. In 1958, Cyrus Grissom, John Malkovich in a baby costume, <laughs> was born into this world kicking and screaming. Heir to the enormous Smucker's fortune, Cyrus was always a royal pain in the ass. Just a spoiled-ass brat with a sociopathic streak and nearly unlimited resources. When he didn't get his way, he took the most destructive path possible towards revenge. One time, in elementary school, after losing at Foursquare, he wanted to go again immediately, but he was told he had to go wait in line. The following week, the school was quarantined due to a severe cholera outbreak. From then on, he was known as Cyrus the Virus, a title he seemed to relish, and it has been rumored that he was the one who seeded it. That's how most of things start. Desi B. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you are America's sweetheart, Desi B. The origin. Allegedly. America's sweetheart. <laughs> when he was 10 years old, Cyrus invented Goober, the Smucker's product that combines both peanut butter and jelly into separate <laughs> sections of one jar. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. That <laughs> shit sucks. Yeah, it does well, look who created. Look where it came from. It makes so much sense. It's, it's true. It came from the mind of a John Malkovich, so it makes sense. He now. began amassing a small fortune in dividends that would later fuel his rampages. It was only four short years later that, at fourteen, he and his lifelong buddy Swamp Thing, MC Ganey, <laughs> Papa Poutine. Oh, his name is Swamp Thing. Yeah. In there, there we go. Both obviously on their knees with their cabs green screened out, pulled off a daring robbery of a local candy shop, creating a huge vacuum in the local candy supply chain. They were later caught selling the candy at school, and Cyrus was sent to juvenile hall. We flash forward to 1980. Cyrus is now 22 and has returned from boarding school. He's at the local dive bar's karaoke night singing his own version of Iron Maiden's Charlotte the Harlot. Cyrus the virus, kill you all dead. Cyrus the virus, blow up your head. Cyrus the virus, give me some blood. Cyrus the virus, deep in that mud. Uh. Tuber Jackals, the bartender, calls him out. Uh. Tuber Jackals, oh my god. <laughs> hey, Cyrus. 
Chris, I thought we told you to stop changing all the lyrics. You're making my customers very uncomfortable with all the violence talk. Um, excuse me, do you even know who my dad is? <laughs> Tell me, how many senators have you had in your family? You're worthless to us. Now fill up my drink, you peasant. <laughs> oh, he does totally have that attitude. Oh, man. You've encapsulated exactly what I need someone to, yeah. to encapsulate. <clears throat> Thank you. Finally, someone who can speak my language. Says Garland, the Marietta Mangler Green, Steve Buscemi, from the other end of the bar. He and Cyrus spend the rest of the night bonding over topics like eugenics, the judicial system, and casual murder. (laughs) (laughs) They are interrupted when a glob of mashed potatoes splashes on top of Garland's shoes. They look over and see a spoiled brat being generally ignored by his apparently wealthy family. Cyrus looks to Garland. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Cue dramatic music as Garland holds a contemplative look and is painted in way too sympathetic of a light for such a heinous monster. <laughs> no. Cut to a front and sideways mugshot of Cyrus as a judge is overheard handing down a sentence. The people of this courtroom find Cyrus the virus Grissom on all counts of kidnapping, murder, and general mayhem guilty. May you serve the rest of your life behind bars. And may I also state, we all hate you. A door opens and Cyrus is illuminated as he sits in the hole by the light from the hallway of the prison. He is somehow reading a law textbook. All right, Cyrus, if we let you out of the hole, are you going to play nice with the other prisoners? No more riots? Well, it really all depends on how much homework I have left after I finish this chapter. Kid Rock's American Badass plays as Cyrus does upside-down push-ups in his prison cell. Ah. His cellmates Billy Bedlam and Pinball Parker, yeah, that guy and Dave Chappelle respectively, (laughs) are having an unfortunately racist exchange of words and ideas. (laughs) Cyrus breaks up their tasteless dialogue. All right, gentlemen, the hour is at hand. Shall we? It's high noon in the yard as Cyrus and his crew approach the notorious twin bosses of the rival prison gang, Dos Otros and Los Otros. Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> cousins of the infamous Nos Otros and Vos Otros. Very good. Very you good. hear your family. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> it's a callback. It's a very deep callback. Very back. good callback, yeah. Words are exchanged, probably pissed poor dialogue, and soon a full-scale riot erupts in the yard. Cyrus is immediately bagged, detained, and thrown in the back of a squad car. Cut to a trunk opening shot as Jimmy McNuggets, a crooked correctional officer, frees Cyrus out in the desert somewhere. And remember, you just keep your mouth shut and those photos never get sent to your wife. Yeah, whatever, Cyrus. Just get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Cue Hawaiian music as Cyrus lights up big cigars in his button-up shirt. Toasting Mai Tais with other villains at his huge island villa. F- is it Villa? It's Villa. villa? villa? Okay. I mean, villa. we would say Villa. Okay. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's Villa. Bella. Yeah. Yeah. Villa. 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 Is, uh, is huge villa island villa. Lobos. Villa. Every major player in the game is there. Diamond Dog, Sapphire Seal, Amethyst Armadillo, oh Ruby gosh. Raccoon, <laughs> Emerald Elk, Quartz Quail, Sykes the Blowfish, Crystal Crab, Amber Anteater, and Billy Sardell. 
<laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Diamond Dog, Bing Rames, exhales a huge puff of cigar smoke through his sweet sunglasses and thatched fedora. Speaks to his lavish host. Sam, man, how'd you ever get this sweet estate? If I told you how many dupes on Wall Street I had to blackmail, you'd have to have me committed. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Now, before we get too sloshed, let's get down to business. Cyrus claps his hands, and a set of henchmen bring in several wooden crates. Cyrus opens up one with a crowbar for dramatic effect and shows the explosive chemical weapons within. Damn, that's a whole lot of firepower. The NRA is never going to know what hit him. Crystal Crab, give him the dough. Crystal Crab scuttles over and hands a bag of money to Cyrus. At that moment, Ruby Raccoon pulls out a weapon and yells, Freeze! Suddenly, the villa is surrounded by federal agents of some sort. All of the marine animal villains slink off into the ocean, while the rest are either shot down or arrested. <laughs> Billy Sardell escapes through the woods, but is slashed to death by a rogue cassowary on the premises. Oh my God. <laughs> a rogue cassowary? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and this is an island villa. You gotta have your exotic birds. If you don't know who Billy Sardell is, um, look him up, because that'll make that a lot funnier. <laughs> uh, uh, Ex-spokesman for Roundtable Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Last Honest Pizza. Yeah, you will find those commercials. You look. You can't. Look hard enough on YouTube. You have to look hard enough. <laughs> no, y'all have to get his first search. That guy's an actor. He's a, right he's one of the cops in Bad Santa. And oh, really? Billy, yeah. He's, wow. like a, you know, he's a security guard in the beginning. He's like... Hey, you hiding anything in those pants? And Billy Bob Thornton's like, you're a fucking asshole, you know? <laughs> hey, man, it's Christmas. Yeah. That's nice talk. <laughs> I had no idea. Billy Sardellia. Yeah. All right. Uh, Agent Vince Larkin, played by fucking John Cusack, and his <laughs> partner Sean Archer, John Travolta, oh my come to the front to have dialogue with the arrested Cyrus and Diamond Dog. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we've been looking for you for some time, Cyrus, and now we've got you, big time. You're gonna be locked up for life this time, again. The good thing I'm still working towards my law degree. Diamond Dog looks betrayed. Damn, Ruby Raccoon. You was a rat the whole time? Well, I'm actually more closely related to bears. Man, fuck you, Ruby Raccoon. <laughs> Cut to Cyrus in his jail cell writing long-winded letters in code. Dearest Diamond Dog, it's been three long months since our last correspondence. Oh my gosh. I'm writing an inquiry to your interest in a profitable business venture I like to call Convict Airlines. It's a completely convict-run, hijacked airline that we will use to jet-set across this fine country with stops to meet fellow criminals in Mexico and beyond. All are welcome on these flights, provided they are all getting transferred on the exact same day and put on a flight together. I already have several interested parties, so do respond post-haste in a drawn-out coded letter for me to decipher. Meet cars, meet cars, meet cars. Just as Cyrus is licking his envelope shut, a guard taps his baton against the bars. All right, Mr. Grissom, it's time for your trial. In the prison rec room, the prisoners have set up a mock trial to help Cyrus prepare for his bar exam. Prosecuting attorney Castor Troy, Nick Cage, is finishing up his argument. I mean, if the defendant were truly innocent, I would argue that he would be able to eat a peach for hours. Oh my this God. man has repeatedly proven in front of the court that, in fact, 
He cannot. Eat a peach for hours. Oh my god. It takes him like 15 minutes tops. In conclusion, I ask the jury, if I were to let you suck my tongue, oh would god. you be grateful? Would the defendant be grateful? You know in your heart the answer is no. And that is why this man is guilty. Prosecution rests, Your Honor. Judge Johnny 23, Danny Trejo, speaks. The defense may now proceed with your closing argument, you stupid little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But may I just say, Caster Troy belongs on that plane. Oh, yeah. yeah, He he definitely does. Like, it's like, ooh, that's like, that's the crossover. (laughs) That'd be the the secret sauce in that movie. If you had Nick Cage dual rolling it. Oh, my God. And and it was just Caster Troy. It's like a B character just going nuts on the circle headbanging on that that airplane. (laughs) No hair. Yeah. No hair. There's no reason for it. Sorry. Oh, no. no, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're right. He does belong. Uh, Cyrus takes a swig of water and then stands up to address the jury. The prosecution chose to focus on food in order to distort your view of my client, who stands accused of nothing less than something we all do. But if we are to use that metaphor, may I draw the jury's attention to this? Cyrus pulls out a jar of peanut butter and jelly. This is Goober. It combines both peanut butter and jelly in the jar. Not all mixed up, but side by side. You can either get grape or strawberry jelly or sometimes chocolate. Each slice is its own flavor town. And together on bread, they become a flavor metropolis. Now think of my client, the defendant. In this world, some of us are peanut butter, strong, thick, and viscous. Others are the jelly, wobbly, sweet, and sometimes chocolate. (laughs) In this world, we must lean on each other like the butter leans on the jelly in perfect harmony. So it is with that that I beg of you, find this man innocent. It is not only the moral thing to do, but it is the very definition of justice. The prisoners around the rec room start crying and giving him a standing ovation. The jury stands up. We, the jury, find the defendant not guilty, Your Honor. As judge of this mock trial, I, Johnny 23, find Mr. Grissom eligible to pass the bar. Congratulations, Mr. Grissom. You just got your Juris Doctorate, you stupid little bitch. Cyrus jumps for joy and it hugs all the prisoners. Slow motion kicks in as Cyrus throws the jar of goober at the prison wall. Beeping noises indicate there are explosives inside. The wall explodes, and Cyrus waves goodbye to the prison sheriff. Sayonara! Cyrus escapes through the cartoonish hole in the prison wall and grabs onto a rope ladder from an awaiting helicopter, which promptly flies away. (laughs) Cut to John Cusack being debriefed about the incident by Agent Fiddlesticks. Oh my God. Played by John Leguizamo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he just sort of got away again. And you know how Cyrus do. (laughs) I can't believe this. How did he get the explosives into the prison? Were there no jets scrambled to catch the helicopter? I have so many questions. We, uh, we don't know. (laughs) There's uh, basically no answers. Things just sort of happened. Sheriff says he just sort of waved and said, sayonara, and he was never seen again. Sayonara. Sayonara. Wait. That's it! John Cusack grabs up his briefcase and papers quickly. Get me on the next flight to Tokyo! We cut to a Japanese railway station. It's very high-tech and adorned with chibi stuff all around. (laughs) 
John Cusack boards the train and begins to walk through the cars, looking at all the passengers. When he spots Cyrus in a conspicuous trench coat and hat, speaking softly in Japanese to some vendor on the train. John Cusack pulls his weapon. Cyrus, it's really over this time. Put the snacks down and turn around. Cyrus turns around and speaks with a mouthful of pink marshmallow bunnies. You act like I'm the only bad guy in the world, Agent Vince Larkin. Or should I say professional assassin, Martin Blank? That's right. I've seen 1997's gross pointy blank. How could I forget that poster with your smug face (laughs) holding a gun behind your back? Welcome, class of 1986. Mini driver just, like, looking at you. (laughs) You see, we're not so different, you and I. That's enough, Cyrus. Ah, we're not so different, you and I. Put the bunnies down and surrender peacefully. You know that won't happen. Cyrus then takes the train vendor hostage. John Cusack chases after him through the train. Whatever. They end up moving onto the roof of the train. Cyrus throws the train vendor off the roof. They start fist fighting and the train moves through various Japanese venues. John Cusack gets the upper hand when Cyrus gets tangled in some lanterns. You know, action-y stuff. Sean Archer pulls up alongside the train in a helicopter and weaves around in front of the train recklessly. The conductor does this panicky thing where he pulls on the brakes immediately. The motion propels Cyrus off the train into a big pile of Hello Kitty dolls or something. Cyrus blows out a bunch of fluff while cross-eyed, then falls backwards onto the pile of toys. Smash cut to EMFs, you're unbelievable. The end. This, wait, wait. Is that, is that your last one ended too? What? No, no. Um, unbelievable. No. No, uh, his face-off ended with that, I believe. Really? Yeah, you smashed uh, it. I've heard that before. Yeah. Smash cut the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I use it a lot. Uh, yeah. uh, well, we really need the uh, the, uh, the, the face-off um, Con Air, The extended Rock, universe. Extended Universe. Yeah. Like, we, if you really work, fucked around, those would all work. You yeah, write them all into one Sh- movie. Sean yeah. Archer. Oh, dude, one like... It's like oh, one man. of the uh, Lord of the Rings Extended Editions. Oh, just to like, figure geez. out which subplots to throw out. Oh, my God. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard. Uh, well... Uh, that was great, Scott. Um, Goober. Goober, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah. not thought about was that, that, the, that was for that, a long like, time. The, 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 the basis of the idea? That was, yeah, the Goober so, was the, the seed. So I thought that the way you described it, it was like the jar was like half peanut butter, half jelly. I thought they were like no, no, no. rods of peanut butter than no, jelly, yeah, peanut it's butter, like, jelly, it's, peanut butter, jelly. It's, it's wedged, but it's like eight slices. Yeah. And it's like. Peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter, yeah. all the way around. It's great because, <laughs> and it's great because you don't get exactly what you want every time. No, and like the, uh, it's like the peanut butter gets all hard. Yeah, and it's the it, jelly. It's yeah, well, the oil it. from the peanut butter shouldn't really be like near the jelly. The jelly, like, yeah. it's not even real fruit. It's shit jelly. It's just like candy yeah. jelly, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it was brought. Well, brought to you by. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get to the stats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, critic score, seventy-eight percent. While the movie certainly delivered on premise, I thought it could use a dab or two more of delicious goober. Mm-mm. Tony Toblerone, Spreadable's fancy magazine. <laughs> Audience score, 65%. Where the fuck is Iron Man? Worst movie ever. Danny Ding Dong, Popper's New Hamster. <laughs> Popper's New Hamster. <laughs> Budget, unlimited funds from the Smuckers Corporation money laundering slush fund. Expected gross point blank. <laughs> Damn it. John Cusack. <laughs> Actual gross point blank. John Cusack. Trivia! John Malkovich was 
originally considered to reprise his role as Cyrus the Virus. And he did. He did reprise that role. <laughs> he probably didn't want to, but he did. I mean, it's, that's trivia. And yeah. that's it. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah, Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich where it wasn't really good Ooh. peanut butter or jelly, but you enjoyed the sandwich because it's, it's always still, a solid Cooper's sandwich. Sold? Probably. I'm, probably doesn't go bad. I, th- I, think it, I think it is still sold. I'm, I feel I like I've seen it in the grocery would. store. Why would yeah. you yeah. just like... Just buy a peanut butter and a jelly. Oh yeah, I mean I don't eat that. Yeah, crap. no, I don't. I've literally never seen one in the wild. I've only ever seen it in the grocery store. You know. Do you know what they got going? No, from? Funny word. Smuckers. Yeah, yeah. smuckers goobers. It was always a smuckers. weird cousin from the Midwest who like had fucking goober. At their I, house. I don't have any cousins from the Midwest, so I can't relate I to you. That. Fucking special. Um, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just like somewhere that's not. In, yeah, it's gross stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess but, that. Yeah. You yep. take nothing away else from my movie. I guess that's probably my yeah. no, no. There's uh, uh, having having the whole trial of convict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, the tie-ins with you know the other Nick Cage action movies, all good stuff. All good awesome. Stuff. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed. And um, gonna get let's, ready. Let's go right into it. Into that sequel. Who did the sequel? Oh, you did the sequel. I did do the sequel. I thought you just said you didn't know. No, I didn't know. I said I didn't know who did the prequel. Oh, I was like, well, you better have done the sequel. Cause... Anyway, all right. Yeah, it wouldn't be the show if, you know, we didn't have one of each. Right. All right. Well, let's get ready to launch into it. Um, first off, uh, I have some bad news. Um, no Rosé was involved in the writing of this script. That's okay. Um, I did have a lovely you white... De- you don't want to be dependent on it. Yeah, I didn't have any Rosé for mine. I just had a sweet coconut latte, <laughs> which is really good. Yeah. I had a, I had a nice white Zinfandel instead. Oh, oh, it? oh okay. yeah. All right, sequel. <clears throat> Title, Con Air 2, Sea of Thieves. Hell yeah. Tagline, sink or swim, either way, we lose. Oh, man. Tagline 2, crime doesn't swim. <laughs> Tagline 3, swim low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Directed by, produced by Jerry Brockheimer. <laughs> goddamn director <laughs> um, look at the directors for his movies and you'll understand what I mean yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah they're just like people yeah. Michael Bay yeah exactly uh, yeah. Yeah. alright <clears throat> synopsis Staten Island Prison The Big Apple Dawn Cameron Poe Nicholas Cage again is back in prison serving a life sentence this time because of the numerous crimes he committed in the previous film including, but not limited to, assaulting a police officer, threatening a police officer, first-degree murder, vehicular manslaughter, desecration of a corpse, aiding and abetting a convicted killer, and destruction of property. He spends his days in prison with his best friend, portrayed by Terry Crews, who is not named in the film because it's honestly more dignified than being named Baby-O and having him scream about his insulin for an hour. Baby-O. Dell. Uh, Poe and Friend are set to be transferred to an even more maximum security prison with a group of hardened criminals who committed crimes so heinous that in this or any other universe, they would definitely be transported alone. (laughs) Budget cuts. We cut to New York Harbor, where the USS Arthur Fonzarelli is docked awaiting its new cache of prisoners. Having learned their lesson from the first film, prisoners are no longer transported on planes. Now, they are exclusively transported by fully armed aircraft carriers because, as we know, 
bigger equals harder to take over by force. The inmates are loaded on one by one with only a very minimal inspection. We cut to the White House where Secretary of State Garland Green, Steve Buscemi, and one of his chief advisors are overseeing the operation personally. Uh, who's that lady? Why, that's Martha Stewart. Martha got her nose dirty with the first bout of insider trading, and that inevitably led to a life of extortion and drug smuggling. They still haven't found any of the bodies. Rumor has it, she baked them into a strudel. Martha is carted on board the ship with excessive force. She's followed closely by a little girl in pigtails. Uh, what's with the brat? That's Susie Sandals. Don't let her age fool you. She's the cutest little girl in the world convicted of multiple counts of patricide. Girl makes the Boston Massacre look like the Boston Tea Party. Multiple? <laughs> yeah, I know. She killed multiple fathers. Oh, oh, oh. Not, I was going to say, I thought, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it, that was the More joke. More than one of her own fathers? <laughs> I think it has to be your father. <laughs> That's well, a funny joke. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's <laughs> fine. Um, Susie holds a crazed look on her face, like an old china doll, but for reals. A man is wheeled up to the ship in full Hannibal Lecter garb. He makes crazy eyes at anyone who cares to look at him. Is that? Yep, Martin Bandersnatch, convicted on tax evasion, but suspected of far more sinister crimes. They found the teeth of thirteen missing persons in one of his first jail poops, but they still couldn't convict him on it. Highly. Highly dangerous. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> Snatch cracks a joke at one of the guards that might have been funny had he used six or seven fewer words. Brevity is the soul of wit, folks. <laughs> Cameron Poe and best friend Terry Crews are led onto the boat for transfer. Who is that guy and his best friend? That's, that's Cameron Poe, one of the finest men I've barely met. <laughs> Garland Green smiles and remembers none of the charming interactions they had in the first film and instead has an extended flashback about that time he wore a woman's head as a hat across six states. <laughs> what a redeeming character. <laughs> the guards strap all of the prisoners in and go on an unprovoked sexist, racist, and homophobic diatribe. A pudgy sack of crap kicks several prisoners in the chest for no reason. Remember, these are the good guys. Um, excuse me, guards. Martha Stewart is holding out a plate of freshly baked brioche with bacon jam and Gruyere cheese. Ooh. It's a good thing. Ooh. The guards are tempted by the impeccably baked French goodies. So tempted, in fact, that they don't notice Susie Sandals chewing through her restraints with her braces. The guards turn to the lunging child, but it's too late. Susie has dug her teeth deep into the neck of several guards, killing them terribly. In the ensuing chaos, Martha is able to grab the guard's keys and release several burly and underdeveloped inmates. Despite their lack of any weapons or organization, the convicts are able to overtake the guards in mere moments. The last convict released is Barton Bandersnatch. Ladies and germs, welcome to Con Boat. The, prisoner <laughs> <laughs> the prisoners applaud even though the previous sentence makes no sense. That's not how ships are named. I know. Like, I know. Uh, like, what is a ship? Okay, no, because Con Air would be like, it's a play on like what the the flight company is. Yeah, you know? yeah, the play so on what, the uh, uh, It'd be like Con Cruise. It would be or like something. Royal Caribbean Cru Con Cruise. Yeah, or something, something like that. Isn't yeah. like Con Air also like 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 a hair dryer company? Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, it totally is. I think about it every time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Con Air. Uh, I think of when, you know, the uh, the, the toilets say Toto. Oh, no, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm always just like, I'm pissing. It's like the rain is down and out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite is the toilets of the air, the American Standard. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to the bathroom in the American Standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, then. Um, previous sentence makes no sense. All right. Um, 
Barton motions to Martha, who takes a gang of thugs to dispatch with the several hundred other crewmen necessary to operate an aircraft carrier. So here's the deal. First, we have our tea. Susie holds up a tiny plastic teacup for Barton. He shrugs and takes a tiny sip. Susie clears her throat and looks at him concerned. Barton rolls his eyes and sticks out his right pinky and takes another sip. Susie is pleased. I've been consulted by a Mr. Kim Jong-un to bring him this naval vessel intact. Once we've successfully docked the ship in North Korean waters, we'll be granted a life of unparalleled luxury. Will we get cookies? Susie inquires. Yes, there will be all kinds of cookies. Susie squeezes and hopscotches from one pool of blood to the other. It's sort of adorable. Can anybody pilot this beast? Barton shouts into the void. A single crusty urine-soaked hand rises from the back. I believe I might be of assistance. It's none other than Captain Costner. Yeah! Oh, I yeah. even thought about that motherfucker in a minute. Well, now you have. Uh, Cameron Poe and best friend Terry Crews look at each other with a very here-we-go-again kind of vibe. Back in Washington, Secretary of State Green is informed the ship has been taken over and all of the crew is presumed dead. Sir, shouldn't we just damage the ship in any way? They're a bunch of inmates, not naval engineers. Damn it, man, that's my ship! Plus, think of the men on board! <laughs> that's my lunch! Dumbness <laughs> 7 well, the men are all presumed dead, and they signed a no-hostage clause. I, I don't want to be that guy, but it seems like we could just bomb the ship and resolve this very quickly. Damn it, man, that's my ship! Uh, I, I get it. But I don't think even the ACLU would really raise a stink about this. I mean, they just slaughtered hundreds of military personnel. That's my ship! The John Cusack's always fucking screaming about how it's a ship in Con Air, and nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, that, it's not your ship anymore. He is, isn't he? <laughs> How, how, how the hell are you going to have the nerve to fucking, you know, pilot your ship in Tevas? I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of like thinking here, too. Like, like uh, is a boat a better idea than the plane? Yeah, actually, definitely a better idea than the plane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, mm. Garland Green slams his fist on the desk and stares off into the distance. We cut to Poe, also looking off into the distance, implying some sort of psychic connection. We cut back to Garland. We cut back to Poe. Garland again. Poe. Once more. I know what we gotta do. Poe stands upright and motions to best friend Terry Crews. They start running off into the distance. We gotta redirect the ship into the Great Barrier Reef. The collision will be enough to stop the ship in its tracks without damaging it. and It'll be shallow enough that we can swim to safety. To the plot speed two. I I've never seen Speed Two. So I forget. I, do not I forget know. how they. I know it's it. on a ship. That's all I know about Speed Two. I but they, cause they, those cause locations are so far away from each other. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Several days. We'll, we'll get to that, Scott. Be so far off course. I know, Scott. We'll, okay. We'll, okay. <laughs> all right. Just. But Cam, wouldn't slamming the ship into the Great Barrier Reef render countless species of coral extinct? That's just a chance we're gonna have to take. Cameron kicks down a bay door and best friend Terry Cruz follows behind. Seeing a disturbance, Barton sends Martha and Susie to go inspect. We've just got to get to the cockpit. Actually, in naval terms, it's a bridge. Fine. Fine. Uh, we've got to get to the bridge. Uh, reroute the ship to the Great Barrier Reef and just wait it out. <laughs> Conveniently, the ship has somehow traveled thousands and thousands of miles in a few hours due to reasons of movie magic. They only have a few hours left to redirect the ship. As they get to the bridge, best friend Terry Crews notices a pleasant odor wafting in the air. Could it be Stouffer's frozen lasagna? No. It was none other than Martha Stewart's baked pizzettes. 
Terry turns to see Martha holding out a tray of the not-quite-calzone-style pastries. It's a very, very good thing. Pizzettes are very tasty. It sounds tasty. It is tasty. Making me hungry right now. I know. I want a pizzette right now. How dare you? My fresh-baked bread earlier. Let's Make go me eat hungry some like later. Uh, <clears throat> Terry stops in his tracks. Um, sorry, Martha, but no carbs for Terry. This denial of delicious baked goods causes Martha to have a violent cardiac episode. Terry takes her pulse. She's dead. Could put Martha Stewart in a fight scene. <laughs> it's just gotta be big. Kids. I mean, she can hold her own. I bet. I mean, I bet she. She can. hangs out with Snoop now. Yeah, they're best friends. Wicked cool. Cool. Alrighty. <clears throat> Cameron is almost at the bridge now when he hears something sparkly behind him. It's Susie Sandals riding her Malibu Beach tricycle with all the accessories. I don't have no problem with you, little lady. I am this many. Susie holds up two hands with each finger out, indicating she is at least ten years old. I actually have a little girl just like you at home. Y'all might actually have fun. I want to play now! Susie stands atop the tricycle's handlebars and Pele kicks Cameron in the face. I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't hit girls. I'm not a girl. I am a lady. Susie takes out one of Cameron's Achilles tendons with a Hello Kitty spatula. Oh, no. <laughs> she <Nice>. pulls it. <laughs> Hello Kitty, nice. Synchronicity here. Um, she pulls out a giant Elsa from Frozen Tsum Tsum and puzzles him in the face <laughs> repeatedly. Tsum <laughs> <A> Tsum. <laughs> Cameron still refuses to defend himself. Susie spits glitter into his orbital cavities, blinding him horribly. Poe writhes on the floor in pain, while Susie retreats to her tricycle. Okay, now I kill you, but first we have tea. She pulls out a tiny pink cup, puts out her pinky, and takes an extended sip. Cameron starts laughing through his glitter-soaked agony. What's funny? I said I don't hit girls. I didn't say anything about poisoning. (laughs) Cameron holds out a cyanide capsule. Susie grabs her throat and glares at her tiny plastic teacup. She convulses and falls to the ground. (laughs) Hell. (laughs) Tea time is over. Cameron crushes the cup underneath his boot. It's like the idea of her sipping non-existent tea and getting poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cameron and best friend Terry Crews head on to the bridge. Captain Costner is at the helm, enjoying many glasses of God knows what. Why would they make another one? It was perfect the first time. He spits into the control panel and veers hard right. Stupid prima donna union production staff. They didn't see my vision. He veers hard left, spitting and drinking even more. Terry and Cameron slowly approach him and see that he's not even conscious. He's sleep steering. They just push him to the side and set course for the Great Barrier Reef. You know, because it's easy to do. You just hit a button, I guess. That will be quite enough, gentlemen. The duo turns around to see Barton Bandersnatch holding a large red button. I worked long and hard to pull off this incredibly complicated stunt, and I'm not going to let you two best friends spoil it for me. What's your game here, Barton? You think you can really expect Kim Jong-un to hold up its end of the deal? I don't expect him to deal. I expect him to die. (laughs) Barton pulls down a curtain to reveal an elaborate bomb big enough to take out the entire country of North Korea. You see, Un was never the endgame. I've been working for a much bigger master all along. You don't mean... Back at the White House, Secretary of State Garland Green starts laughing for no apparent reason. That's right. America needs North Korea about as much as it needs a ship full of inmates. I've been rewarded handsomely for my participation. That is, as long as you two don't get in the way. Barton shoots best friend Terry Crews in the chest, injuring him enough to mortally wound him, but seemingly not enough to kill him. 
Cameron gets into a fist fight with Barton as the ship careens towards the reef. Despite being wounded in his fight with Susie Sandals, Cameron has the clear upper hand. He punches Barton repeatedly into a nearby railing. He can barely just make out the reef on the starboard bow. He holds Barton over the edge. Hey, Bandersnatch. This isn't a Vorpal Blade, but it sure goes snicker-snatch. The ship careens into the reef, killing countless species of coral instantly. Barton and Poe are sent hurtling overboard, where Barton is impaled on a jut of coral because that's totally possible. Poe, on the other hand, is nowhere to be seen. Meanwhile, in Washington, a group of NSA agents and congressmen appear behind Garland Green. Is this about the murders? No, this one is for the war crimes. Nah, that's a new one. Back in the Australian Bay, we can see Cameron Poe's body being dragged from the wreckage of the USS Arthur Fonzarelli. As he's pulled to the beach, we can see him spit out water and start breathing again, because, you know, that's how movies decide you're not dead. Mm -hmm. Above him sits a tall figure in a red hoodie and sunglasses. He pulls out a smoke and lights it. Well, good day, mate. Welcome to Australia. Cameron Poe will return in Kangaroo Jack 3, The Australian Outbreak. The end. <laughs> nice. Camera. Ugh. Ah. When, when is this happening? Uh, great job, Peter. Yeah. Great job. Uh, Thank, you. Uh, um, Thank you. I love putting it on a boat. You're plausible yet again. Um, Gar- uh, Garland Green making it. Is, uh, you know, Secretary of State. I love, uh, uh, was it Sally Sandals? Uh, Susie Sandals. Susie, yeah, Susie that was Sandals. a great character. Best friend, Terry Crews. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the, the gunshot to the... Chest is like, so it's just like, well, we need to get him even more hurt, but we've had this man agony the entire film. We can't just fucking kill him here. Does he die or is he weird? No, he's stretcher fine. at he, the end. He, you see him Which going guy? to an ambulance, uh, his best uh, friend. Oh, baby, right, yeah. baby, baby O. o baby yeah. O, yeah. Now, you would think it's Baby O apostrophe Dell because his last name's Dell. No. It's Baby O. It's Baby hyphen Del. O. <laughs> Del. Baby O Dude, Del. Dude, you're getting a Dell, baby. Yeah, baby exactly. O. Um, I don't know. You know what we could do if we needed to cross-reference any of these things? Instead of watching a movie, we could just read the book. They did make a Con Air book. Before the fucking movie? No, well, uh, it's based on the screenplay, but it did come out before the movie. Oh, I'm God. very interested to see what gets elaborated on. Uh, a lot if, of the if, reviews say, makes for an alright movie, terrible book. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's, that's what I'd expect. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I hell want to read Con it. Con Air, the, lit- uh, the just, novel. The, the, the audacity to believe that you re- that, that yeah. needed to be made. You could still buy it online. I didn't buy it, but you can. <laughs> little tempted, little tempted. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to start looking a lot more into some of these shittier movies we, we do to see yeah. if there's books based on them. Probably. That's, that'd be a cool thing to collect. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Have it right the alongside movie. the VHS and they just look the same. Oh my god. Ah, so I, much cool shit to collect, so little room and money. Yeah. Um, so, what does a movie like this cost? Well, Rotten Tomato score. Critics, 0%. <laughs> I don't understand what happened or why it happened or how it happened or why Terry Crews was in this and didn't have a name. General Public, USA. Audience, 0%. I don't understand what happened or why it happened or how it happened or why Terry Crews was in this and didn't have a name. General Public, USA. <laughs> Budget, $340 million. Expected Jeez. gross profit, $700 million. Actual gross profit, $420 million and $69. Nice. Trivia. Susie Sandals was originally supposed to be played by Danny DeVito, but he turned down the role after hearing this was a movie and not some sort of art project. Nicolas Cage was drunk during all of filming, not out of belligerence, just as a pure character choice. Kevin Costner wasn't cast in the film at all. He just wandered on set and no one bothered to kick him out. And that's it. Yay. 
Excellent. And you know how, uh, what is it? Uh, who, who's been doing those videos, like, with actors breaking down their iconic roles recently? I what, don't know. Is, I don't know what Some magazine. Uh, they did with Nick, Nick Cage. Um, I wonder if he talked about <laughs> about this movie. I didn't watch it. I feel like it would be leaving Las Vegas an adaptation in, like, you know, the classic movies he did. Or uh, Deadfall. His personal favorite there. Wild great it, movie. Wild Everybody at Heart. Watched. No, no, just check out Deadfall. Not Wild at Heart. Well, I love Wild at Heart. Yeah. It's a better movie. Deadfall, I don't want to... No, I'm not talking about Deadfall now. All right. Save it. Save Keep it. that one in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, the one thing we have to get out of our pocket now is um, the remake. Ooh! Was penned by R. Desmond Ports. Ooh! America's sweetheart, Desi V. Let's roll. Let's rock and ride. All right, um, so Desmond, uh, let's see how you're going to re... Make this. There's a lot of routes one could go with a remake of Con Air. It's a classic, we all know. But I took a certain way. Title Muppet Con Air. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) Is this why you wanted a remake? (laughs) Yeah. That's why I wanted a remake. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, great. I'm so glad you didn't (laughs) reveal that when you were messaging us before. And we're like, should I tell you? And we're like, no, no, no. No, don't tell us. No. So glad. We try to keep as much of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll be better about that because, uh, you know, I get it. Um, Directed by Brian Henson. Uh, Tagline one. It's time to fasten seatbelts. It's time to catch your flight. It's time to put on shackles on Muppet Air tonight. Uh, oh, A-plus already. Tagline two. It's fucking Con Air with Muppets. <laughs> Great. Our adventure begins tastefully with various shots of war-torn streets and gruesome displays of collateral damage. Many unnamed Muppets, played of course by the whatnots, parade in military vehicles <laughs> armed to the teeth. We hear the voiceover of a commanding officer, Ed Harris, cameo number one, Spewing typical God Bless America rhetoric. Army Rangers have been at the forefront of every U.S. conflict, which I guess is a good thing. It's an institution that will sorely miss you, Commander. I've never met a man who killed so indiscriminately. It is with a heavy heart and great pride that I honorably discharge you from your service, Cameron Poe. We then cut to Kermit, dressed down adorably in a little military uniform. He salutes, but of course it looks all fucked up because his arm's on a rod. It was an honor serving you, Captain. Kermit makes his way home where he's reunited with his dear sweet Trisha, played by Miss Piggy. Come on. Yeah, who else? Fucking duh. Oh, Kermit, how I've missed you. Now put a baby in me, frog, or I'll give you a fat lip. The reunited lovers do that. Then proceed to go to the shittiest diner imaginable. <laughs> a group of hoodlums, played by Bobo the Bear, Lou Zealand, and Uncle Deadly, approach. Well, 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 what do we have here? Say, Deadly, smell my finger. Ah, jeez, what's that smell? Bacon. The two Muppets laugh uncontrollably. Kermit Poe snaps. Oh, you son of a bitch, that's my wife! He then beats Lou Zealand and Bobo mercilessly, but accidentally goes too hard and kills Uncle Deadly. Cameron Poe is arrested and sentenced to eight years in federal penitentiary. Eight years later, Poe is being released on parole. But for some inexplicable reason, he's put on a mass prisoner transfer flight to a shiny new maximum security prison. He was literally minutes away from being free, but sure, why not? <laughs> Poe is prepped for the flight, along with his diabetic friend and fellow inmate, Mike Baby O. Odell, as played by Fozzie Bear. Of course. <laughs> 
He makes a bunch of distasteful jokes about diabetic comas and hibernation. Oh, no. And they don't land. <laughs> waka, waka, waka! It's in poor taste, but so is this entire movie. Overseeing the transfer flight is U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, played by Sam Eagle. Okay, gentlemen, look alive. We are transporting some of the most dangerous criminals in the country today, so pay attention and take notes on their profiles. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker. These disgraced chemists went down years ago after developing a new strain of anthrax and attempting to hold a TV station hostage. Their demands to play episodes of Becker on loop indefinitely. <laughs> Crazy Harry, a bomb maker who may or may not have had ties to various white supremacist groups. We scooped him up after he accidentally set up a chain of explosives in his trailer. His weapon of choice, TNT, the plunger detonator. Swedish chef, also known as Chef Boyar 63. Oh, no, that's Swedish chef. The 63 stands for all 63 spices he uses in his cooking. He makes a fantastic paella. Oh, all right, never mind that. That would better than I re- expected. I retract. I retract it. Oh, and he's in for manslaughter or something. Animal, drummer of the psychedelic rock band The Electric Mayhem, serving a life sentence for headbutting a fan who got on stage and killing him. His only statement was, animal, animal. His bandmates, Dr. Teeth, Floyd Pepper, and Janice are also doing time for dealing a potent dose of LSD on college campuses. Last, but certainly not least, Cyrus the Virus Grissom, serving multiple life sentences for more crimes than we care to list. Cyrus is once again played by John Malkovich. <laughs> what do kids love? Caustic, aggressive, bald white men. I love it. I love and it. there's that meme going around that was like a while back that I thought was super funny. Take one movie and replace everyone but one human character with Muppets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got fucking uh, Malco with the, the Muppets. I'm sure he give it his all. I love it. The fuselage of the cargo plane carrying the Muppet convicts is a fucking clusterfuck of wacky hijinks, slide whistles, and whoopee cushions. <laughs> Hyena-like cackling. Chicken feathers are floating through the air. Fire- firecrackers go off. It's one wacky time. <laughs> the plane takes off. The flight begins seemingly smoothly. The plane hits a small turbulent patch. We cut to Statler and Waldorf. That despite being chained up on the plane, they still appear in their signature balcony. <laughs> what are they trying to do? Kill us? Uh, kill us? If they wanted to do that, they'd just give us the in-flight meal. <laughs> Gonzo the Great sits next to Pepe the King Frog, and he begins pulling objects out of his mouth. A trumpet, bowling ball, rubber chicken. They get progressively bigger and wackier. <laughs> hey, Pepe. What's the best way to prepare shrimp? Jeez, uh, I don't know, Gonzo. Sautéed? No, grilled! Gonzo dumps lighter fluid retrieved from his stomach all over Pepe and flicks a match <laughs> pulled out of his nose, setting him on fire. As the poor Muppet screams in agony, <laughs> guards scramble to put out the fire. A chain reaction starts, and the Muppet convicts, along with Cyrus the Virus, are able to snake out of their cuffs and eventually take over the plane. Cyrus the Virus storms the captain's cabin, which is called the cockpit, Come on, Des. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, game is over. We're taking over this fucking plane. Either you shove over right now, or we're letting Swedish Chef make the in-flight meatloaf out of you loaf. The pilot is played by Steve Martin, cameo number two, who's doing some fucking lounge singer shtick and making silly faces. Whatever. <laughs> Suffice to say, Swedish Chef slits his throat <laughs> and takes over control of the plane. <laughs> Cyrus takes the gun stashed in the cockpit. Attention all passengers. 
We'll be experiencing a few unplanned delays in our flight this afternoon. To all my Muppets, Fraggles, and Monsters, Felt and Foam, let's go to our freedom. And by that, I mean Tahiti. I have the only gun on board. Welcome to Muppet Air. Says for Connor. The plane is a rowdy mess. Kermpo and Baby O'Faz stay seated. Uh, hey, Kermit. Uh, if I don't get my insulin soon, they may have to amputate an arm, which is kind of a big deal for me. The Muppets look directly at the camera. <laughs> ah, don't worry, Fozzie. We'll get through this. Once we land in Carson City, we'll get you the help we need. You need. Swedish chef successfully lands the aircraft at the Carson City airstrip, albeit in a comical fashion with slippy, slippy, slip noises. <laughs> in disguise, Cyrus the Virus oversees the transfer of several new convicts, including Sweetums, the hulking furred beast, Rolf the Dog, a talented musician with a penchant for con artistry, and Scooter, a, a bespeckled serial killer. A large yellow bird walks by in the distance. Cyrus yells out to him, Hey, you! You getting on? Oh, no. I'm on my way to New York to break into public television. Ah, well, good luck with that. Muppet Air takes off, with the feds none the wiser, until they realize the plane is flying way off course. The feds phone into the pilot comm. Captain, your plane is flying entirely off course. Explain yourself immediately. Say that again? This is the captain? I want the captain now! Who is this? Uh, oh, of course. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize your voice. <laughs> Glad everything is all right. <laughs> the Fed hang, uh, hangs up. Although the plane is in the air for mere hours, the prisoners begin to nut up. Gonzo starts worming around before finally declaring, I've got it! I've got the cabin fever! The prisoners launch into cabin fever from Muppet Treasure Island, <laughs> of course, complete with lights, animal drumming, and John Malkovich in one of those Carmen Miranda fruit hats and dresses. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> After a totally unnecessary musical number, Kermit overhears Rizzo the Rat speaking to Cyrus. Don't worry, Virus. Land us at the boneyard. My dad will have a jet waiting for us to take us to Tahiti. Then we can ditch this bucket of bolts and all the dead weight. Thank you, Rizzo. It's good to know where your allegiance is live. <laughs> Kermit gulps and scurries off. He's writing a note as he comes up upon Gonzo in the cargo hold. Oh, hey, Kermit. What's happening? Hey, this is pretty wild, huh? Us prisoners running the show? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, say, Gonzo, could, could you hold on to this note for me? Ah, sure thing. Say, why does it say plane overtaken by prisoners? Um, uh, no, heck. Kermit then holds on to one of the cargo crates, throws the airlock down as Gonzo is sucked out, note in hand. The last thing Gonzo sees is the green face of the friend who betrayed him. Kermit then closes the airlock. Cyrus arrives. Hey, what the fuck is happening back here? Did I hear the cargo bay fucking open? Uh, 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 no, uh, no, Mr. Virus. Well, good. Listen here, frog. I'm on to you. Something ain't right with you. Gonzo plummets to his death and his frozen cloth body shatters. The local authorities are alerted and take the note, which gets back to Sam Eagle. <gasps> Gasp! The plane has been taken over. Miss Piggy, along with Kermit's hybrid pig frog daughter, are brought in <laughs> the situation is explained. You mean that idiot was an hour away from parole and went and sold a government plane? That stupid frog. 
I'll show him! She storms out, leaving her daughter behind. We hear several federal agents get beat up. Then Miss Piggy takes off in one of the FBI's helicopters. The plane lands at the boneyard that Rizzo is speaking of, and Cyrus and the Muppets prepare to switch to Rizzo's private jet. In the distance, Sweetums sees dust kicking up from one of the vehicles. Hey, uh, Cyrus, we have someone coming in hot. Dr. Budson, Beaker, what have you got for me? Me, 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 me. Using materials found on the plane, we've crafted the most peculiar tonic that could turn one five stories tall. Me, 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 me. Yes, that's right, Beaker. Yes, I like it. Give it to Animal. We'll give these bastards what for. Crazy Harry, you have any C4? <laughs> Do I? We cut to Crazy Harry, who now is a wheelbarrow full of TNT. Crazy Harry sets charges around the perimeter of the boneyard, igniting them all at once as the fed convoy arrives. A chaotic battle ensues. Man and Muppet alike are killed. Animal grows kaiju size and begins crushing agents and eating people, all while Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem play a sick set in the background. Oh, nice. Yeah. During the commotion, Sam Eagle confronts Kermit at a nearby shack. He surmises Kermit to be the one who dropped the note with Gonzo. I want to put my gun down, but can I trust you? There's only two people that I trust, Jim and not you. <laughs> Kermit begins to back off, gun still drawn. So what do you plan to do? Save the fucking day. Rizzo manages to get on his jet and takes off without any of the other prisoners. He cackles with glee, but is swatted right out of the air by Animal. Cyrus and the remaining living Muppet prisoners get back on the now heavily damaged cargo plane and take off. Rizzo, that fucking rat. The Muppets all laugh at their ironic joke. <laughs> Stop. Stop fucking laughing. You, you think it's all as a joke? You stupid fucking puppets. Rat joke. Hmm? Rat joke. What's that? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just tying them all yeah, together. There we go. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> Through one of the windows, Cyrus sees a helicopter coming right towards the fuselage. It's Miss Piggy. She collides directly into the plane. She exits the wreckage. Piggy, my sweet! Piggy then dropkicks Kermit. Stupid frog! Getting involved with mid-air prison riots the day of your parole! I'm sorry, Piggy. It wasn't my fault. I'm sorry. I'm going to make you sorry. Is anyone else going to do anything about this, or are we just okay with spousal abuse now? I, I don't know. Sweet Chef comes on over the intercom. Not being able to make out a single fucking word, Cyrus goes to the cockpit to see what he wants, only to see that the plane is minutes from crashing onto the Vegas Strip. The crash is destructive and expensive. Surprisingly, no one is hurt. The police come to the scene and begin arresting various Muppets. Kermit and Sam Eagle exchange glances and a nod. Cyrus begins to creep away. To steal a fire truck, but is surprised by Miss Piggy, who takes him down with a firm hiya. As Kermit is pardoned for his involvement with the hijacking, Piggy introduces him to his young frog pig daughter. A Muppet version of How Do I Live Without You plays. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do I live without you? I want to know. There we go. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch pops out of a nearby trash can. Hey, why don't you miserable pukes get a room? The end. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Desmond. That was great. You ran with it and uh, loved it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah perfect. I watched a bunch Adam. of movies in preparation for this. <laughs> uh, not only Con Air. No, no. I'm it's sure. time to write the next. Uh, might I say, much better third act in your movie than yes. the third act of Con Air. Oh my God. You know, pulling out the hat tricks with the animal getting all yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. That was sweet. Yeah. Also, it didn't have like go on for like 20 minutes after a plane crashes on the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah. No. No. Just end that it's shit. Just like, that, no. Oh, we didn't even yeah. talk about the Cyrus death scene oh, where right? it's just like. Like he flops onto the thing, and then he's, suddenly he's underneath some big pylon industrial so, thing in the middle of the strip, and he gets crushed. So, I, apparently, I think that was a reshoot. Like, apparently he died in a different way originally, and the test audience didn't like it, and then they changed it to that even less <laughs> likable death. Like, I'm pretty sure that was a reshoot. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Not very good. No. No. No, not good. The guy who gets when he fills up the cab the, the cabin with of water. With water. That was cool. That was cool. But yeah, he just died in the crash. There. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But anyway, great job. Dan. Yeah. Thank no, you, you so you much. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. And yeah. I, 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 all the it, Muppets it, cast perfectly. Oh, that I man, that I, I know a lot. For right for a good Photoshop, let me tell you. Oh, that is. Oh, <laughs> that's gonna be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say, yeah, yeah. If you probably should have said disclaimer at the beginning, maybe just have your phone out with like like googling the Muppets so you could put the faces. To um, yeah. like like when you're when you're, no, when I, you're, I, you're I think I got most. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, I know a lot of Muppets, but I had to look up a few just because, like, when you run out of the core, like five, right, like yeah. you're just like, what the fuck is that one's name? Like Uncle Deadly, <laughs> but you see him and you know, yeah, you're just yeah. like, oh yeah, you're in all the, the spaces, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, the end. You, you could have gotten the like old grumpy old men like characters to be like the DEA agents in there. That's but you yeah, know what? It's right. better that you didn't. I think it's <laughs> yeah. trim the fat. Trim the a fat. lot of elements of that movie. Cole, that they don't Cole need. is just so fucking unnecessary in that goddamn movie. But anyway, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score critics sixty seven percent. I mean, it's it's just Con Air with Muppets. Colmo Driscoll, the Martinez Port Post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martinez. <laughs> audiences, 98%. Dude, it's fucking Con Air with Muppets. Boast <laughs> yeah. Grundy, Topeka, Kansas. Boast <laughs> Grundy. Budget, unlimited Disney bucks. Expected gross profit, lots. Actual gross profit, even more. <laughs> when reached for comment on the film's success, Brian Henson had this to say. You know, my father always thought the Muppets were the perfect characters to use to retell classic stories. He always had a passion for bringing his favorite stories of his youth to new generations. Uh, Christmas Carol, Treasure Island, The Wizard of Oz, and now Con Air. <laughs> we're thinking Muppet Girl with the Dragon Tattoo next. <laughs> no one had the heart to inform Brian that all the films listed were produced after his father's untimely death. And that's all, oh, folks. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> Hell is. yeah, they should do uh, Muppet Gross Point Blank. And uh, tell me you don't remember that fucking poster. Oh, I know the poster, yeah. You know exactly what I'm fucking talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, you don't think it's a movie about an assassin? <laughs> I know. He doesn't come oh, all smug into the gun. And Oh, man. And Mini Driver, who... Just standing Molly just, has a real... Just, are we still recording? Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Molly, this is directly towards you. You hate Mini Driver. Why? What's I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, guys, I'm not sure if it has a prequel, sequel, or remake, so... It, I mean, I think it's safe to say it doesn't. It, knock yeah. it down, 
<laughs> we'll add it to the list. Um, but it's gonna be uh, a couple years from now, guys. Yeah. Don't don't get too excited. Yeah, it's gonna, when we're in our forties, we'll do Ghost Point Blank. Um, <laughs> I thought about it. Oh, I, actually, the only reason I even know what this movie is, but now that I looked at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this stupid fucking poster. But it's it's a preview for it is on my VHS copy of Con Air. Oh, so I was like, oh funny. man, it's like obviously they just package it up because it's also Cusack. Yeah, that, that's definitely the point. Um, yeah, well, that but it does was... have one of those really cool uh, 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 previews that has all the different fucking back to back, like Tombstone and Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah one yeah. of those, yeah. the, the the make it cuts. Oh, yeah, I love that, like that, that fucking power metal song they got in the background because it's like, and then they go to the open, open note, like, it's anyway. Yeah, it's, well, it's playing right now. It, so. I know. That's, yeah. that, I only brought it up because I want to have an excuse because I did record it off the VHS. <laughs> right, so if great. it sounds a little crackly, that's why. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if we sound a little crackly, um, there might be something wrong with your headphones. But it's only because we've been screaming into these microphones for the last hour and a half, probably. And um, uh, yeah. Having a great time yeah, recording um, another classic, classic prequel, episode. sequel, remake episode. It's fine art. Really thank you guys for joining in. Yeah. Joining in on the fun. Yeah. Um, like, gonna... like, comment, subscribe, fave, reviews, etc. You know what to do. You listen to podcasts. You know what to do. So do it. Yeah, please do it. Doesn't anything to add? See you next time. To be continued. Martin's a hitman going home to his high school reunion. And critics are firing off praise for this terribly different new film. You want to tell me what that means? Rolling Stone magazine says it's a bright burst of action and comedy. John Cusack is brutally funny. Yeah, whatever. It's startlingly original. And critics call Post Point Blank more fun than Pulp Fiction. I should have brought my gun. What? Should be fun. Post Point Blank.